Were you that child that was told over and over again how bad you are and it's had a lasting effect into your adult life? Have you noticed that you self-sabotage your own efforts because you believe in a stigma that was placed on you? Well, then right now, plug into the Power Narrative, Chapter 9, Stuck with a Stigma. I am your host, B. Green, and if you enjoy your time here in the Power Plant, like, subscribe, and comment. The dictionary defines a stigma as a mark of disgrace associated with a particular circumstance, quality, or person. Recently, I went to the eye doctor and found out that my eyesight had changed. In order for my eyes to adjust to see things clearly, I needed a new prescription because my old lenses, my old glasses, the way I used to see things did not serve me like they used to. I thought about this on a deeper level. The way in which I used to see things no longer served me anymore. To see things as they are and not how I see them requires a new set of lenses to correct my vision. Before my vision was corrected, I saw things how I saw them and responded to them accordingly. I heard a profound statement. We shouldn't fight to win to prove our point, but we should fight to grow, to listen, and to learn. The importance of re-educating and speaking life over ourselves and into our everyday situations is vital if we're going to change the narrative that's currently being used against us. We have to correct our own vision and see the truth about who we are. Now, I can say positive things about myself all day long, but if I am under the influence of a false belief, a stigma, a mark of disgrace, that causes me to look at myself in a certain way, I will constantly self-sabotage my efforts until I match what I believe about me. So I have to get my vision corrected first. In an effort to understand stigmas on a deeper level, I discovered where stigmas come from in a physical sense. A visual defect called an astigmatism. The dictionary defines an astigmatism as a defect of the eye that produces distorted images as light rays are prevented from meeting at a common focus. A defect of the eye of the beholder seeing a distorted image preventing the light of truth from meeting at a common focus. So what causes a stigma? Let's take this a little deeper. The way we see something and the defect belongs to the one seeing and not the object being observed, even though the object being observed bears the mark of disgrace. So how does one develop an astigmatism? Start with the habit of addressing the effect as though it's all that there is to it. We'll dissect an effect all day long. We'll re-examine it and examine it again as if there was no cause. We forget to look at the big picture. The reason why true and lasting change often doesn't occur is because the wrong things are addressed and the roots of a thing remain hidden. As discussed in a previous chapter, illnesses present with symptoms and sometimes those symptoms are confused as the illness so that the illness never gets healed never gets treated. So it's more important to know the cause so the certain set 
of results don't continue to be the case. Our verbal stance on how we address what we face makes a huge difference as stated before. I want to break away from the stance of using the terms good and bad when addressing people and instead addressing actions and decisions. Then take it a step further and address choices as either healthy or unhealthy decisions. Doing this creates the right environment for growth. We have the power in how we contribute to make things better or worse. For example, he or she makes good grades or bad grades. Address the cause, not the effect. Making healthier study choices will produce the desired outcome in the grade book. Good and bad are suggesting that there are inherent characteristics that can't be changed. Sometimes people are in the middle of their arc trying to break away from unhealthy lifestyles and unhealthy choices. And here we come attacking them with stigmas, hitting them with villain terminology, speaking that stuff over their life and give people room to grow, even if that means parting ways from someone. Remember, stigmas are caused by astigmatism. And as I speak on them, I want you to listen and figure out what stigmas have affected you in your life. And if you hear something that causes you to change your vision on a situation that you thought that you understood, then please do so. There are stigmas placed upon the black family and the black community as a whole. So often we hear the term, oh, he or she is ghetto or living ghetto fabulous. In my effort to fight to learn, to grow and to listen, I discovered that the term ghetto actually derives from a social experiment where resources were deprived from a specific community in an effort to study the long-term effects. They went in depth to discover the mental and the physical ramifications of deprivation. Look it up for yourself. Then the principle behind movies like Trading Places will make more sense. My wife and I had the pleasure of being in a creative safe space where this specific black man felt comfortable enough to share in his story of transformation, his story of grief, and guilt behind the things that he had done. It was an eye-opening testimony that shed some light on some things that I thought I understood, but really I did not. He shared the details of his life growing up in South Central LA during the 1980s. From personal experience, I know that the events that he discussed are true because as a youngster, during the summers, my family would go and visit my uncle and his family who lived in Inglewood. I remember even every Sunday, we went to church in Compton on Compton Avenue. I observed how the community changed drastically. I didn't understand the cause, but only the effect. And I started to believe in the stigma. As this man spoke, I couldn't help but remember the origin of the word ghetto. South Central LA, began to transform as opportunities began to disappear. The companies that provided the jobs that supported the economic system 
started to close, relocate. So very similar to what happened when the motor was taken out of Motor City and the factories that produced the cars in Detroit closed. In South Central, you had a generation of blue collar workers now unable to provide for their families. Now out of work, they're unable to be looked at with the dignity that they once had. The lack of resources and the inability to provide was just the prep work for the recipe of disaster that occurred. From it came the stigma that was placed on this community that poverty and drug infestation can bring. This made it easy for those with an astigmatism to believe the implications that what transpired here was not a social experiment, but inherent characteristics of the people that lived there. No one took the time to look at the cause, only the effect, looking at the people versus the system that was put in place to make these things so. I remember when Hurricane Katrina hit, I would see the stories of the people of New Orleans, home to all ethnicities. I saw how some in the media used this event to push an agenda and further a stigma. There was a specific family that the media had done a report on that just so happened to have been white. They discussed how they were forced to do all kinds of things just to survive, how they had to go into abandoned stores and take what they needed until help arrived. And I remember the quote used to describe this family. You don't know how strong you are until strong is the only choice that you have. And I applauded that until in the very next breath, I saw the media twist this entire story by contrasting this same family to the black members of this same community who they said were looting and stealing. They felt confident enough in the stigmas with the cameras on where we could visibly see people of all nationalities and color doing the same thing, trying to survive until help arrived. It's different when one person does the same thing as someone else because inherently the reasons are different. I remember taking my kids to go get ice cream and there was in front of me two people in line and they both ended up getting double scoops of ice cream. How is it that I heard negative comments towards the heavier set person with the double scoop of ice cream than the thinner person? How about the stigmas placed on women and promiscuity versus men and promiscuity? In the scriptures, there's a story about a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. The powers that be brought this woman in front of the entire community who was willing to make an example out of her by throwing rocks at her until she died. And Jesus spoke up and he said, the person here without sin, you throw the first stone. He de-escalated the situation and the people left. He looked up at the woman and asked her, where are your accusers? And he told her to go and stop doing what you're doing. Sometimes we just give up and we start living up to 
the standard of the stigma that's placed upon us. And we need to stop. So the challenge question is, are you going to continue to believe in the stigmas placed upon you and others? Or are you going to have the courage to get it together, find out where these things come from, fix your astigmatism so that you can see people how they are and not how they appear with a set of old lenses that produce a distorted image? Thank you for your time. Be Green, reminding you that your story is being written every day. Take the pen.